get numb and forget where I'm from. Cause looking in your eyes, like looking at the sun. I feel like you're the moon. I feel like I'm the one. I wanna get numb. NCC. How are you guys doing today? Good, good. I know that if you're watching right now or you're here for the first time, you're like, what is going on with all this music and different musical elements? We're going through a, a series called Sunday Playlist. And, and by the way, didn't, we got to give Alita some more props. My goodness. Is it a coincidence that Alita has five letters and Adele has five letters? I don't know. I don't know. I, went, I was back there doing the math to make sure it all lined up. I'm like, I don't know what that means. But uh, we're going through a series called Sunday Playlist, and we've just been taking songs every single week um, and just looking at them and breaking it down and seeing, like, hey, what message is it sending? What does the Bible have to say about this? Is there something that we can draw from this song as a reminder to live a certain way? And so I want to give you a recap real quick of the songs that we've covered the last few weeks. Week one, we started it off with somebody that I used to know. And Pastor Aaron talked about that because of the change that Jesus has made in our lives, we can look at our old self and say, you're somebody that I used to know. Week two, uh, we tackled the song I Just Called to Say I Love You by Stevie Wonder. And we learned that we were challenged to show an agape type of love to others because this is how God loves us. Last week, Pastor Aaron tackled the better together, and we, we spoke about the power of living with others, right, and not trying to do life alone. And today we're looking into the song Numb by DJ Marshmallow and Khalid. Let me pray with you guys. Father, we thank you this morning. I thank you that your presence is in this place. I thank you that your desire is to speak to us. Your desire is to transform us and change us to become more like the image of your son. So, Father, we pray that that transformation continues to happen. We pray that your Holy Spirit will speak life over us today. We pray that your Holy Spirit will convict and draw us near to you, God, with a heart of repentance and receiving your forgiveness today. Father, we thank you that we will not walk out of this place the way that we walked in today. But I believe that something is going to change, God. I believe that lives are going to be changed. I believe that you're going to bring to light, God, maybe things that have been in darkness, Lord, for one reason, God, and that's that we experience the freedom that Jesus, you died for us to have. We thank you, and we open up our hearts to receive from you today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So, guys, I grew up hating the dentist. 
Is anybody else with me in this room? Like, you just cannot stand the dentist. Yes, we need to build the crew and just start, like, going after dentists. No, I'm just kidding. Let's not do that. But I grew up hating the dentist, and the reason I grew up uh, hating the dentist, my sister is here, she can probably back me up on this, is we lived in the hood, and we went to a hood dentist, okay? And when I tell you he was rough with it, he was rough with it. As a kid, it traumatized me how he handled my mouth and, and just feeling like I was being tortured throughout the whole process. And so, unfortunately, in the past, when I've had to go to the dentist, it's for that reason. It's because I've had to go to the dentist. It was either because my mom forced me to go or it was because as an adult, I was feeling pain and I wanted to take care of that pain. The problem with waiting to go to the dentist for so long is that when I finally do go, they have to do extra work. And in more recent years, what that looks like is something called a deep cleaning. Has anybody ever had a deep cleaning done in this place? You know it's not pleasant, right? Unfortunately, it costs a lot of money. Debbie hates this part. If you know, you know. And what a deep cleaning is, is tartar can build up around the exterior and roots of the teeth. So what they have to do is they have to go below the gum line to get to those hard-to-reach spots like the roots and the pockets, the base of your teeth. So about two weeks ago, I went to the dentist. It had been a while. I'm not going to lie. I had to work up the courage to share this part of my life that I am not too proud of. Thank you, Nikki. I went to the dentist. Shout out to Mesquite Dental Group, by the way. They did a phenomenal job, and I'm not here because they paid me to say this, but they really did. And so when I went in, I was telling everyone that I was coming in contact with, I don't like the dentist. I get nervous around you guys. Please take it easy. Like, Debbie knows how nervous I get that she texted me while I was there, and she's like, are you telling people that you're nervous when you're here? And I'm like, yes, I've already told two people, the x-ray lady and the lady that was just coming to explain to me the process. I'm like, I don't like dentists. I get nervous around dentists. Please be gentle with me today. So they did the x-rays, and they started to show the condition of my teeth and my gums. When I tell you that I was embarrassed, I was embarrassed because technology has improved quite a bit, and it's not just x-rays. Now they show you actual images, and you can see parts of your teeth that you do not like to see because you know that you haven't been doing what you should be doing. And so sure enough, they did all the work, and then they come back, and they're like, hey, we're going to have to do a deep cleaning. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. I agreed to go ahead and do it right there on the spot because it's been a list of my areas to improve in. It's to take care of my teeth better. And so they went to work. And before the hygienist got started, I started to ask her a million questions. Will this hurt? How long will it take? How long have you been doing this? Like, she didn't get offended, and that's why I was so impressed that she was very patient with me. I told her, I get nervous around you guys. She's like, that's okay. And so what they did is they had to give me about two to three shots to my gums. Some of y'all know that process. Then they rubbed some liquid around my gums, and eventually my mouth was numb. I felt very little pain, and I was extremely impressed to have to go through that whole process and feel very little pain, because that wasn't my experience in the past. All the work was done, and I was a happy, numb camper. The challenging part is when the anesthesia wears off. 
See, your mouth is sore and sometimes in pain. And, and see, while my mouth was numb, I was able to forget what was happening. But when the numbing effect wore off, I was reminded that the pain was still there. The song Numb that we're tackling today, Khalid, Khalid sings about letting loose at a late night party with the girl that he's infatuated with. And when DJ Marshmallow was interviewed by Apple Music, he said the message that it conveys is just to be carefree, right? Just to live life. Don't worry about it. Find ways to just numb your life. Have, friends with your, have fun with your friends and, and just love that type of lifestyle. And so the, 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 the chorus, you see this, this lyric being uh, repeated, I, I want to get numb and forget where I'm from. I want to get numb and forget where I'm from. I think in more than one way, we all go throughout life trying to get numb in order to forget. We want to get numb to forget the pain and the hurt. We want to get numb to forget our childhood trauma. We want to get numb to forget all I have to do and everything that's on my plate this week to forget my insecurities. I want to get numb. So what it looks like is if I do this, then I don't have to think about that. And if I just keep going deeper into this, then I don't have to deal with the pain or the hurt or the situation that brings shame to my life. The list of how we can get numb is endless. From anything from buying stuff to overeating to social media to pornography, the list is endless. Let me give you some stats here if you're not already uncomfortable. When it comes to buying stuff, we can go shopping and just say, I'm just going to spend because this is how I get numb. Americans' total credit card balance is $887 billion in the second quarter of 2022. And according, that's according to the latest consumer debt data from the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. That's $46 billion jump from $841 billion just the first quarter of 2022. People are trying to get numb. Overeating, a 2012 study done by PubMed has shown that why both stress and eating poorly are linked to an increased risk of anxiety and depression. The effects of a high-fat diet overlap with the effects of chronic stress that are known to play in hand in causing depression in someone's life. Social media. I just stepped on some toes right now. According to the latest data, the average amount of time spent on social media worldwide is set to hit 147 minutes. That's two hours and 27 minutes a day in 2022. Not only is this a two-minute increase on 2021 numbers, but it also has hit the highest ever record. People are trying to get numb by just going on social media. Pornography, this term, was coined during the pandemic. It's called porndemic, and it was describing the excessive use of porn during that time. Today, roughly 2.5 million people visit the world's most popular porn sites every 60 seconds. In a more detailed look, more than 28,000 users collectively tune in on porn sites every second. People are trying to get numb. The ways to try to get numb are endless. There's a story in the book of John chapter 4, and you can go back and read all the details, but Jesus has this encounter with this woman at a well in Samaria. And he starts to ask her for a drink after he had been traveling. And, and this was a big no-no for a lot of different reasons. But one of the main reasons was the fact that she was a Samaritan and he was a Jew. 
See, Samaritans were looked at by Jews in that time as half-breeds, both in race and religion. So when we say that racism is something that is only existing today, this has been going on way before today. But this debunks as a side note that Jesus is not for it. And so this woman, she's coming at 12 noon is the time that it's estimated. And at that time, this was the hottest moment of the day. No one went at 12 noon to draw water. But she was going there intentionally at this time in order to avoid contact with people, in order to avoid shame. And we're about to see why, because she had lived a life that she was not too proud of. When I read this story, I love this about Jesus. What would normally stop others, he does not allow to stop him. And I want to put something at the front of your mind today before we go any further. Nothing can stop the love of Jesus from coming for you. If I mention something to you, uh, in that list that you struggle with, that you've been using to numb or to get that numb feeling and it brought shame, I want you to see yourself through the life of the Samaritan woman today. See, the lie that the enemy wants us to believe is that you're too much for Jesus. That he can work with someone whose addiction is not so serious. He can only love those who are a little messed up, but you, you're too much. And at any moment, he's going to give up on you. Let me share something that has changed me, and maybe it'll blow your mind this morning, but Jesus knows your darkest and deepest sin and still pursues you. He knows your darkest and deepest areas and is still coming after you. Your sin does not scare Jesus. And I know that it feels like you're the only one who's dealing with this, right? But he died in order for you to experience the freedom that you're meant to experience from this thing that you've been running to to get numb. And so I want you to pay attention at what happens in verse 10 here. What Jesus promises this woman. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God, and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Jesus promises this woman living water. Living water in that time would have been translated as springing water or running water, very similar to a river, a stream that just continues to go. Something fresh, something clean that continually satisfies. In verse 11 to 12, it continues, And the woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself and did his sons and his livestock. Can you see how she's totally missing it? <laughs> He's talking about something else, and she's over here in La La Land talking about water, Right? So finally, Jesus goes on and he continues and he says, Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. What he's trying to get to is this, what I give you will continually satisfy, not just temporarily. You don't have to keep numbing in order to find satisfaction. Because see, the problem with being numb is that the numb is temporary, right? The numb wears off. The stuff you went into debt to purchase eventually gets old and it just sits there, but now you're left with the debt. You're left with the monthly bill. The stuff that, that you go to, the crappy food maybe that you eat when you're at your lowest point, it satisfies temporarily, but the numb wears off. 
The hit we get from escaping on social media wears off. The porn that makes you feel good for a moment is, is good for a moment, but it wears off. And the satisfaction that comes with alcohol or sex or drugs or anything that rock and roll brings, right? Back in the day, that's what they used to say. It all wears off. See, this is the trap of the enemy right here, is to keep us running back to a place where we can be numb, because if he can do that, then he can help create an addiction, and if he can help create an addiction, then he can destroy our lives. That's the pattern. We get a hit of something, and it's like, hey, this is giving me escape right now. This is giving me that numb feeling to forget everything that's going on in my life or forget my past. And so the enemy wants us to keep running back to that, right? Because as long as we keep running back to that, then eventually that works itself into an addiction. And an addiction that can eventually destroy our lives. Proverbs 14.12 says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. Oh, it seems right in the moment. And it seems good. And that's why I'll never stop preaching this message that our culture preaches, follow your feelings, follow what feels good, especially to our youth today. The problem with that is that it's a lie from the enemy, and he starts to deceive them and tells them, go this way, this is what you need, this is what will numb you, this is what will help you. And what happens is he's over here destroying their lives, pulling them away from Jesus, destroying their identity, lying to them, deceiving them, and he does exactly what he wants, is destroy a child of God. I'm not sure what you've been running to in order to find the numb feeling, but I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to reveal to us today and bring this truth to the front. Nothing can satisfy like Jesus. Nothing can satisfy like Jesus. There's no amount of stuff that we can buy to find true satisfaction. There's no amount of porn that we can watch to feel satisfied. There's no amount of alcohol or drugs that we can use to get rid of the pain once and for all. Nothing satisfied like Jesus. Some of you have incredible stories, right, of I tried to find satisfaction outside of Jesus multiple times, and I always ended up in this place because nothing satisfies like Jesus. So the story continues, and Jesus continues to talk to this woman, and she's still not getting what he's saying. He's basically driving her to this point of like, I can satisfy you. What you're looking for is found in me. So look at what Jesus does. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. And the woman answered him, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, you're right in saying you have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one that you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. Now, I used to read that part, you guys, and it sounded like Jesus was roasting this woman or putting her down. Doesn't it sound like that? Like right after saying that, you know, he says, yeah, that's right, you have no husband. You've had to have five husbands, and the one that you're with is not your husband. And everybody's like, oh, and they're pointing at her and making her feel bad. But Jesus wasn't trying to roast her or embarrass her. That's inconsistent with the character of Jesus and what we know about him when we read the Bible. He's not cruel. He's not trying to embarrass her. As a side note, this is the importance of reading the Bible for yourself and having a personal relationship with Jesus. You need to know Jesus for yourself. What Jesus was doing was identifying to the woman that there was a deeper issue, and she had been running to different men to numb. Five husbands, and the one that you're with is not your husband. Here's what Jesus was trying to get to. How many men will it take for you to realize that what you're looking for cannot be found in a man or a relationship? 
This is what Jesus is trying to get to this morning. How many things will you go through trying to numb in order for you to realize that what you need is not going to be found in those things? He was going deep. He was getting to the root. See, I needed a deep cleaning because the issue was deeper. And it couldn't be all captured at a surface level. I needed to go deep because what was causing the pain and the problem was lying below, and they needed to go deeper. The normal procedure wouldn't do. This was an issue that was deeper. See, I love that Jesus wasn't distracted by the what, the what she was doing, which was going from man to man. He wanted to go deep and get to the why. Let's get to the root of why you keep running to men is what he was doing. Let's get to the root of why you keep drinking in excess. Let's get to the root of why you keep running to porn. Let's get to the root of why you escape on social media. Let's get to the root of why you keep going from relationship to relationship to relationship. Let's get to the root. Because unless you get to the root, you're going to end up back in the same situation or worse. But getting to the root is not comfortable. And getting to the root means that I have to give God permission to get to the root. Just like I had to give them permission to do a deep cleaning. I could have walked out of there and said, nope, I'm good. But I knew that if they didn't get to the root, this was going to show up in greater ways later on. And can I tell you, if I feel like there's something God is saying to us today, is he's saying, let's get to the root. You're frustrated with what's coming out, but let's look at what's inside. You're frustrated with your actions and what you keep running to, but it's deeper than that. That's only the byproduct of something deeper. Let's get to the root of that. What are you running to is the question this morning. How long will you continue to run to these things to try to find something that only he can give you? And so the rest of the story continues, and the Samaritan woman, her life is transformed by this encounter with Jesus. I'll let you go back and read it, John chapter 4 and 5. You can read it later on in your own time. But I see myself in this woman's story. I've been the person many times that has tried to satisfy or find satisfaction outside of Jesus. I was speaking to a group of youth uh, I mentioned in Del Rio not too long ago, and, and God put this on my heart. The temptation of trying to find all your satisfaction of outside of Jesus will always be there. It never goes away. The lie of, well, maybe I'll find satisfaction if I finally get to this, or if I work more, and I make more money, and I finally buy this car, and, and I get the house, and I graduate from college, I graduate from high school. The, 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 the temptation to try to satisfy outside of Jesus, it's always going to be there. It never fully goes away. That's a battle we fight every single day. But I see myself in this woman's story. I want to share a way with you guys that the enemy has tried to use to help me numb and destroy the calling that God has had over my life, has tried to destroy my marriage and my family. When I was in fifth grade, I was exposed to porn at a very young age. And in that time, it didn't mean anything to me. There were just a bunch of images that made me feel guilty and shameful. It was an older cousin that was like, hey, you're going to see this anyway. You might as well watch it now. But fast forward a few years, and what happened is it became a full-blown addiction in my life. 
For years, I felt helpless, and I kept this in secret, and I kept this in darkness, feeling like God was going to give up on me at any moment. You ever felt like God's going to give up on you at any moment? Maybe your thing is not pornography, but it's something else that you're like, God, I keep asking forgiveness over and over again for this thing. It's my anger. It's the way I talk to people. It's the fact that I keep going shopping and swiping that card when I know that's not the right thing to do. It's the fact that I keep overeating or whatever it is, but I remember feeling that feeling of like, God, at any moment you're going to say I'm done with you. So for years I felt helpless. What I realized is I started to experience freedom in this area when I allowed him to go deep. See, at the time that this addiction started was when my family was going through a very dark season, and what had happened is this had become an escape for me. It became my escape from that point on. So if I was stressed, run to porn. If I was overwhelmed, run to porn. And this is where I could feel numb and just forget about everything that was around me. See, whatever it is that you've been running to, let me share a few things that has helped me and how I started to experience freedom in this area. This is not a magic formula, but it will point you in the right direction. Number one, I understood that it's a journey. I know there are stories of of God coming and delivering someone right off the bat, right? They used to smoke, and they're like, man, God took away the desire to smoke from me. But more often than not, what I believe, it's a journey that's worked out over time. It took time to create habits, and it takes time to break habits. And it's through the power of the Holy Spirit every single day and just understanding God continue to run a work in me. I can't tell you how many prayers I prayed and I'm like, God, don't give up on me. Forgive me, Lord. Change my heart. Show me what needs to be worked on, God. It's a journey. The next thing that started to help me was honesty before God and others. And this is a big one. Being completely and honest and transparent with God and a few people around me that love me. I realized that I could not do it alone. I needed the help of the Holy Spirit and of people. And confessing is not comfortable. It's not. But look at what James 5.16, some of you know this very well, says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. What I realized that that people who love you will not judge or shame you, but will help move you towards healing and freedom in Jesus. But that's the lie of the enemy. Don't tell anyone. You're the only one who struggles with this thing. Whatever the issue is, what will they think of you if you tell them? Don't confess your weakness. I also realize that sin grows in darkness. It's when I keep it hidden that sin continues to just fester and grow. My Stranger Things fans, you know about the Demogorgon, right? It grew in darkness. And that's how sin works. We cannot be free from a sin that we are not allowing to be brought into the light, no matter how uncomfortable it is. So here's my question to you. Who are the people who love you and will point you to Jesus in your time of weakness? That if you were to confess this, they say, man, first of all, I'm proud of you for being honest and real. Let's work through this together people who will point you in that direction. I've got people intentionally in my life who hold me accountable, and I've given permission to to ask me questions. Pastor Caleb and Aaron are two of those people. They can text me at any moment, and I have to be honest with them. 
The, the next thing that helped me was identifying triggers. When is it that you run to this thing to get numb? Is it when you're stressed? Is it when you're overwhelmed? Is it when you're tired? When do you find yourself running to this thing? And the last thing that helped me was this, is block entry points. So you look at my phone, I have a filter on my phone. I don't have social media on my phone, and I'm not here to talk bad about social media, but what I realized is that back in the days, you had to go looking for stuff. Now it finds you. I realized that I could be on Instagram and something would pop up just because I put mail and they're targeting me. And so why would I put myself in that situation? And, and Pastor Caleb knows this was a hard thing to break because life without social media, I couldn't imagine it. That's crazy. So if you ever see me post on social media, it's because I'm logging in through Debbie's phone. I'm being open and real with you guys. But this is the kind of conversations that we need to start having, right? Sometimes pastors don't talk about this stuff, and you think the pastor has it all together. The pastor is on a journey as well. The pastor is human. The pastor knows this is a weakness. Why would I put myself in situations that can make it easier for the enemy to enter and bring me down and destroy what God has over my life? I limit my time alone on my phone. Why? Because it's easier for me to go into something or get into something that I shouldn't when I'm by myself. I know this sounds crazy, but look at what Matthew 5.30 says. If your right hand makes you stumble and leads you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. I think it's a funny image, but I believe there are going to be tons of people in heaven with no right hands. I'm just joking. These are people that are like, hey, I'm not going to allow this to stop me. What that means is not literally cut your right hand, but this is this. Remove yourself from the source of temptation. It says, for it is better for you to lose one of the parts of your body than your whole body to go into hell. It's better for me to get rid of social media than for it to destroy my life. It's better for me to put a filter on my phone, and I have to deal with the fact that that filter is so slow, and I'm like, hold on, bro. It's not as fast as Safari, and that was the most frustrating thing. But I want to be able to run my race well. And I want to be able to get to the end of my life and say, God, I was faithful. I know this sounds crazy. So here's what I want to end with this, this morning. If you can go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes. And I'm going to make our action item very simple this morning. I want you to just pray and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal what you've been running to in order to get numb. Some of you already know that answer. He's been speaking to you already. What is that thing? I believe some of you need to hear this this morning. You're not alone. This is not a you problem. Sin is a sin problem for everybody. The enemy works so well bringing shame to a certain area of our lives that that's why we keep it in silence and in secret because I don't want people to see this part of me. He did it for many years in my life. But I trusted the Lord and I said, okay, God, if I bring this into the light, you, you promise freedom, God. You promise to move me in the right direction of healing. I trust you, God. And that's when I started to see freedom in my life. 
What is the Holy Spirit pointing out to you right now? Father, we thank you for what you're doing in hearts right now, God. Both in this place and those that are joining online. I believe the way that it happened for me many years ago, God, this is the first step to freedom for many people, God. I believe that from this point forward, there are people that are going to walk forward and walk out of this thing that has held them bound, God. Here's the truth that I feel God wants to remind you. is His grace is sufficient. Soak yourself in it. Drown in it. Completely cover yourself in the grace of God. It is sufficient to give you exactly what you need to keep moving forward. He hasn't given up on you. Thank you, Father, for the lives that are being transformed and changed. And I want to give the opportunity with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're in this place right now and, or you're joining us online and you know you don't have a relationship with Jesus, uh, that's the first start right there, surrendering everything to him. I want to give you that opportunity this morning. The Bible says that if we believe in our hearts and we confess with our mouths that he is Lord, meaning we're giving him control, he's the one calling the shots from this point forward. My marriage, God, you're in control of. My relationships, you're in control of. How I do finances, you're in control of. What I watch, what I listen to, how I do life, God, every single area, I want to surrender it to you. And if that's you right now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, and if everyone can repeat after me, can you say this prayer? Just say, Jesus, I give you my life. I surrender everything to you right now. And I make you my Lord. Make me clean. Purify me. And help me to live for you from this point forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give it up for those that are making that decision today for the first time? Listen, if you prayed that prayer, this is your next step. We have something called Connect Track, and this is an opportunity for us to talk more about who Jesus is, what salvation means, and what we believe here at NCC. So go to newcommunity.co forward slash Connect Track. One last prayer over everyone today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, God, and I pray your blessing over every single person here today and those that are joining online. God, I thank you, God, that this is the new, uh, the start of something new, the beginning of, of freedom, God, the beginning of greater, God, the beginning of minds being set free, Jesus, and starting to see things, God, the way that you want us to see, God. Our perspectives are changing, and our view of life is changing, God. If we were hopeless, God, hope returns today, God. If we had given up on ourselves, God, you're reminding us today that you haven't given up on us. So let us walk forward, God, in this healing, in this freedom process. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I, I want to get numb and forget where I'm from. Because looking in your eyes, like looking at the sun, I feel like you're the moon. I feel like I'm the one. I want to get numb. Hotel lobby and I'm wasting Just reach into my savings I'll do it too if you take it Yeah, life's only what you make it I, I wanna get numb And forget where I'm from 
is looking in your eyes like looking at the sun i feel like you're the moon i feel like i'm the one i wanna get numb